What up, heads, and prepare yourselves. My name is Chuck Reeves, and we got another Beast Host adventure, Morty. Shout out to all you audio listeners. I hope you are enjoying the entity known as Sequence 2. Regardless of the platform, make sure you are subbing or following or leaving a good review, whatever. I want to make sure to shout out our new, new audio sponsor, RAPromos.net. They are the flame emoji standard in all things print and promotions. So make sure you stick around after the show for more info on how they can increase your promotional profile with their years of entertainment experience. The Patreon platform is popping and should be exercised. Patreon.com slash Beast Host Beard. Beast Host Beard on all your favorite social media. Sans fucking Twitter. New merch, scheduling shit, shows, whatnot, up there all the time. The Wayback Beard Machine is out back warming up, and it's ready to take us all the way back to April 7th, 2017. Newly elected President Trump had just ordered tomahawk strikes against targets in the Middle East, and my memory was immediately thrust back to my days as a tomahawk launch control operator while serving active duty in the United States Navy. I figured a purely informational, logistical, and personnel-related video would be preferred to some diatribe about global geopolitics. Regardless of how you felt about this particular cruise missile engagement or any of the United States' violent exercises in foreign policy, I feel it's important to understand the men and women involved. The trigger men and women are almost always as victimized by the U.S. government as the goat herder hit by some tea lamb clobber. So I spit out the tech and operational shit I remembered, within reason. Everything discussed was current and declassified when I talked about it to the best of my knowledge. So help me fucking God. You never know who's listening out there. So buckle up as we get ready to launch. It's Tomahawks and me. The Beard Speaks Again. Now. Oh, come on, he's a miserable cocksucker fucking asshole. You hate him, admit it. What up, Hedge? Chuck Reeves here, East Coast Beast host for Beard Speaks Podcast. Something went on tonight, uh, a little bit of the uh, world affairs, current events nature that I have a strange connection to. Decided I was going to go ahead and put some of my thoughts down on video, but uh, if you haven't seen it, and I don't see how, considering for once it's all over my social media and it's the lead story in most media outlets at this point, uh, tonight Donald Trump, uh, President Trump, went ahead and authorized the launching of 59 Tomahawk land attack cruise missiles from the USS Ross, DDG-71, and the USS Porter, DDG-78. Those 59 Tomahawk land attack missiles were destined for targets inside the Shayrat airfield in the Homs province of western Syria. Um, This launch of these missiles was in retaliation for yesterday's chemical attack, um, the dictator of Syria, uh, Assad, gassed several thousand of his own people with chlorine gas. Um, Sharat Airfield is believed to be the source, the base from where they launch the attacks and from where they also store the rest of these fucking gases that they can use to fuck their own people up. Why do I give a shit? Well, I I see a lot of heads on my feed right now. Everybody, as always, has their own opinions on the situation. A lot of people are saying, fuck Donald Trump, fuck the United States war machine, which uh, I can't say I disagree. Um, 
some people are mad. Some people believe this is justified. Um, some people believe this to be a political ploy for Donald Trump to separate himself from Russia since Russia backs uh, Assad-led Syria. And it's believed that there should have been some Russian fucking troops on this base that perhaps um, were casualties. Um, there's been no casualties reported or spoken about, at least human ones. Um, but we'll get into that too, because the idea of zero casualties in a missile strike, although foreign and weird to you, is actually something that's not outside the realm of possibility. So why am I talking about this? Fucking East Coast Beast host, number one underground hip hop entertainer on the East Coast, non-rapper, <laughs> grime mode affiliate, brawl gang ambassador, fucking why should i be talking about this why do you give a fuck what the dude in the corner has to say about a tomahawk missile strike well prior to 2006 uh, i don't talk a lot about it some people close to me know some people on my facebook definitely know but uh before 2006 i spent 10 years as an active duty united states sailor um i was a fire controlman by rating and by specialty, I was a Tomahawk missile launch controller. Uh, in 1999, I graduated from Twix Operator and Maintenance School. That's Tomahawk Weapons Control System Operator and Maintenance School. That was in San Diego, California. I graduated from that school with honors. Uh, on my first vessel, the USS David R. Ray, um, in 2000, I received a Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal for my abilities as a Tomahawk missile launch controller. Um, in 2002, I was sent to school for Advanced Tomahawk Weapons System Control System, an upgrade we received. And then in 2005, I received shipboard training on the tactical Tomahawk Weapons Control System, which was more or less the third generation. Tomahawk missiles were first used uh, operationally in 1991 uh, during Operation Desert Storm or whatever it was, Desert Shield at the time. I was fucking 11, all right? Uh, during that time, we if we wanted to blow something up, we had to put somebody in harm's way to do so. Um, we didn't have drones, so if we wanted to bomb something, we had to fly a plane in there, we had to get people in there. Um, in 1991, operationally, they released the Tomahawk, okay? Tomahawk is a bad motherfucker. Um, it's an all-weather, long-range, subsonic, land-attack cruise missile. What does that mean? All-weather. Rain, sleet, snow, motherfucking tornado. Uh, there's a few things um, that do preclude your, your, your launching of it, and we'll talk about some of those things. Long-range. Tomahawk cruise missiles can travel moderately around 1,000 nautical miles from the point of launch, which is uh, either a U.S. military ship or submarine or a Royal Navy submarine um, to their target. And usually when they land, they have about a 20% fuel capacity left just to add a little more boom to that boom. In the Navy total, there are less than 250 active Tomahawk missile fire controlman at any given time. Now, of a military of about 3 million, we're dealing with a point of a point of a percent. 
I loved my fucking job. Let me tell you, um, of all the things I've done in my life, I'm very proud of my my service as a Tomahawk weapons control system launch controller. We used to call ourselves the tip of the spear. We considered ourselves to be elite. It's kind of a fucking joke. We were more or less computer nerds. Um, after I go through some more stuff about the missile, I'll describe to you what my job was and uh, probably how the things went for these guys. Um, last night, this morning, um, 4.40 a.m. local time, Syria. So, I, like I said, you know, Tomahawk land attack missile operationally started in 1991. Bad motherfucker, okay? Uh, operationally speaking, I believe it had an over 90% kill efficiency where we were hitting targets surgically is what they call it. Um, it actually helped us cut down on civilian casualties because it, it allowed us to surgically hit targets, boom, 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 and not affect buildings on all four sides of them. Um, how we do that is that the Tomahawk weapons control system and the missile itself has had advanced guidance systems since its inception. Um, it started off with something called terrain contour matching or TURCOM. What TURCOM did was it took a radar altimeter picture of the ground below it and it formed like a block diagram, right? Of what the ground below it looked like. It would look in its memory and we would have already known what area we're flying it through. So we would have already told it, look for this land, look for this land profile. So this TURCOM thing, boom, 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 looking for this land profile. Once it finds proper land profile, it's supposed to be following. It does so. Um, and then obviously, you know, it's always had a GPS, some sort of GPS. And at this point, military GPS is fucking, it's pinpoint accurate. It's accurate to the point of ridiculousness. Um, TURCOM has some problems though, because in the early days of Tomahawk, we were shooting in places like the desert and all the desert pretty much looks the fucking same to TURCOM because it's all flat. So they, uh, they instituted DISMAC. DISMAC is Digital Scene Matching Area Correlation. Um, basically what that does is there's a digital camera, very high resolution in the belly of the missile. As the bird flies, it takes pictures. Psh, psh, psh. Now we have spy pictures. And somebody in a room put together a package with these pictures showing this missile where to travel in order to reach its target. So Dismac helped. Uh, like I said, Dur like I said, Turcom was kind of a archaic system. It was upgraded and partially replaced by Dismac. Both systems now have pretty much completely been replaced by GPS because even though Dismac eliminated some of the problems that Turcom had, Dismac had its own set of problems. One of the problems with Dismac is once you blow up a building. It doesn't look like the picture that you took two days ago of it. So a lot of the pictures that were going in the Dismac files were old, but not old to our standard, but old to war standard. Things can change in a fucking second. Um, Tomahawk's not your standard super fast missile. It's subsonic. It travels below the speed of sound. Travels very low altitude, low and slow. Fucker's a monster, okay? All right, there are three kinds of Tomahawk missiles um, that I know about. Um, T-LAM Charlies, T-LAM Deltas, and T-LAM Echoes. Um, 
we've gone through several variations of them during the years. Nuclear variations of Tomahawk, although common uh, initially, were taken out of service. They were known as T-Lam Novembers. They carried a W-80, several megaton surgical warhead. Um, each one that you got on board a ship came with several Marines to guard that motherfucker. And if you ever had to shoot it, uh, it was very special like direction that you had to follow, obviously, when you're dealing with nuclear missiles. Um, but the other three, the three more standard versions, you have the T-Lamb Charlie, the T-Lamb Delta, and the T-Lamb Echo. The Charlie is your standard one-piece, one-target, direct, hit-and-shoot, boom-boom missile, okay? At the tip of that motherfucker is a 1,000-pound bullpup warhead. Now, that bullpup warhead is added to with the at least 20% fuel capacity that they make sure they reserve for impact. So you're dealing with 1,000 pounds of TNT, God knows how many gallons of fucking jet fuel, Boom, boom, boom. Um, the T-Lamb Delta is same sort of thing, same missile body, but instead of a one singular warhead at its tip, it contains several bomblets in its belly. So what the T-Lamb Delta does, as it flies over something, it drops these fuckers. Now, they look like Deuce Deuce beer cans with little parachutes on them. Uh, they hit the ground, they explode, each one's a smaller explosion. It's for topside targets like airfields, um, which actually takes into account what goes on with this bullshit that we're dealing with now. Um, T-Lamb Echoes, also known as Block 4s. The Block 4 is the newest bird. It's the cheapest of the birds. Um, the the, the T-Lamb Echo allows ship-to-missile communication, which was something that was never offered before. The way I came up in Tomahawk, the way I know Tomahawk to be is once you shoot that motherfucker, it's gone. You can't recall it. You can't change its target. You can't divert it. You can't do any of those things. This, is, this isn't under siege with fucking Steven Seagal, all right? You can't be recalling fucking Tomahawk missile Steven Seagal. I seen, I seen it. I seen it in that movie, and then I went and I did the Tomahawk job, and I got mad as fucking Steven Seagal. Because Under Siege is like one of my favorite movies. But the whole thing about Under Siege is that the shit revolves around the steel and the Tomahawk missiles. And what they did there, you, could, you couldn't do it. A lot of the shit they did in that flick, you, you absolutely could not have done. Pissed me off to no end. But they were fire and forget. You shoot them, they're gone, by, Catch you on the flip side. T-Lam Echoes, very, very high technology. Uh, each one of these birds, nominally... About $569,000. Um, the reports of a million dollars a bird. That may have been true in the early 90s when Raytheon was making them. Um, but I know for a fact that as late as 1999, the price on each one of these missiles had come down to about $569,000 a piece. So, 440 yesterday, two ships combined shot about... 30 million dollars worth of ammunition at uh syria for what seems to be no reason depending on who you ask so what did i do in the navy all right so check it out when you're dealing with a tomahawk missile you're dealing with something that essentially the planning of its missions comes in two parts one of those parts is done in some sort of fucking secret room with guys that have intelligence photos and books 
and are making decisions about target packages. Now, the way they make a decision about a target package is they find a target and then they map it out. Building's got fucking five sides, you know, four sides and a fucking ceiling. They can send the bird through one of those walls and then they pick a window on one of those walls and they pick a pane of glass. They can get really, really, really technical and really, really, really precise for where they put these fucking warheads. Um, the joke in the early days used to be that tomahawks were able to ring doorbells before they exploded. Now, I don't know about the anecdotal nature of such stories. I never saw anything like that. But with as slow as they went and how they were designed to penetrate a target, um, it's not necessarily out of the realm of possibility. So what did I do? I was a Tomahawk missile launch controller. Um, each ship has a minimum four-man Tomahawk launch control team. Um, they maintain all the computer equipment associated with the weapons control system itself. They have a group of gunners mates who work with them who are called VLS gunners mates. Shouts to all my fucking VLS gunnies. Um, vertical launch system. The vertical launch system is the actual physical launcher that sits inside the boat. It looks like a big fucking chessboard with, you know, it's got doors on top. Um, full ones hold 64. Yeah. Full ones hold 64 birds. Halves hold 32. Most Arleigh Burke DDGs only have 64. Most cruisers have 64 in the back and 32 up front. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that's right. 64 in the back, 32 up front. Um, the gunner's mates take care of the launcher, um, the status of the actual missiles and shit like that. But when it comes to pulling the trigger, that's us. So the four of us, we all work on matching fucking computer terminals. I'm sure I'm going to have a picture. I'm going to put that motherfucker up there. Um, not a picture of like, uh, just a picture of what the layout is. So there's four of us. So on board the ship, what we plan is the ship to shore portion of the Tomahawk missiles flight path. Um, and then once it hits what we call first pre-planned waypoint, the already predetermined path and target that it received based on whatever the, the big bosses at Joint Chiefs Chain of Command said, that takes over and the bird ends up flying and finishing its mission. So what would happen? So in the middle of the night or middle of the day or fucking while you're eating breakfast or halfway through a shit or a minute and a half into your fucking shower, um, if you're one of us, a Tomahawk fire controlman and some shit was going to go down like went, went down last night, um, you're in the middle of something probably and you hear them call away strike condition one. Now what strike condition one means is that the whole ship basically it's turned over to the four guys who run the Tomahawk missile strike team. Um, once you go into a strike condition, which means you've received Tomahawk mission tasking from Joint Chiefs Command or whatever your overall, whatever your umbrella command where you get your orders from is, they said strike condition one. The Tomahawk missile guys determine where the ship's going to go, what speed it's going to travel, what what course it's going to be on for us to be able to deliver these birds. Um, papers come in, it's filled with fucking numbers. It looks like gibberish. To what a Tomahawk launch controller, it's everything you need. It's a mission number, which it used to be a 10-digit, I'm sorry, a 9-digit number. 
um, a verification code. Now, what those two numbers in conjunction do is allow you to pull the pre-planned mission data out of the system banks and insert it into one of these missiles without the proper combination of nine-digit mission number and five-digit verification code. You can't fucking, you can't even turn on one of these fucking missiles. So we go into these systems, we pull up these mission, these missions, we start loading them into the missiles. Now, this is a process that used to take as long as an hour. Um, used to take about 40 minutes. Um, now, I'm hearing block four spin up in as little as eight minutes. That's the process. We used to call the process spinning up. The process of um, entering the information into the bird and getting all its particular parts powered up. So we put the stuff in the computer. The computer pulls the shit up. And basically what we see on board the boat is a digitized map. And it shows where we are. And it shows where the land is. And it shows what that particular mission's first pre-planned waypoint is. Now, like I said, we only fly from the ship to that first pre-planned waypoint. Once that happens, shit that we've never seen takes over and ends up taking out these targets. The planners, you got two of them usually, they plan the trip from the ship to the first pre-planned waypoint. Now, that sounds pretty easy. Fly the fucking thing from the ship to the fucking box. But in these type of scenarios, and sometimes depending on where you're operating, whether that be the Asia theater, whether that be the Middle East theater, the Mediterranean, where this current engagement took down, um, whether you're, you know, Northern Atlantic, wherever it is, there's different rules in regards to things like overflight. Um, any landmass is claimed by somebody. And if we're in a place like the Persian Gulf, any landmass out there is probably claimed by an Islamic country, which means not only can we not overfly it, but we have to make sure we go around the fucking thing by a far enough distance that any scanners or any military gear they have won't be able to pick the bird up so they can't get word to whoever we might be shooting at. Um, also, a lot of these places we shoot Tomahawk missiles are incredibly busy shipping lanes. You have, you know, fucking container ships, you have tankers, you have military vessels, you have coast guards, you have private vessels. Now, we can't overfly those things either because a lot of times we don't know what they have on board as far as ammunition, whether or not they can shoot our bird down, and most of the time we don't truly know who they are. So it's also, you know... One of those situations where you don't want the possibility of you giving anyone a heads up. These missiles are coming. So we have to avoid those things. So a lot of the fucking planning looks like fucking, looks like a maze. You're trying to get through a maze. Um, once all that planning's done, it's put into the bird. The bird is, you know, allowed to process all that information, get its shit together before it goes. Um, the two other guys, which that was my specialty, was launch control or launch controllers. Launch controllers kind of fucking sit around. Um, once missions start getting planned, what the launch controllers do is they look at the available munitions in either the one launcher or both launchers, and then they pair missions with compatible missiles. Um, sometimes it's easy. Um, sometimes, most of the time, when we got mission tasking, it literally was just pair up one Charlie missile. Well, Charlie was the most common missile that we had, and we had a zillion of them. Or, you know, not a zillion, but we had fucking 40 of them. So, we can pick any one of those. Um, with Deltas, 
it was a little more tricky because you have a limited number of deltas. Sometimes they're paired together. Um, and then some of them do not have munitions. Some of them have whatever the fuck they put in there. Jello, pamphlets, condoms. It don't know what... The, I, I've heard of situations where the Tomahawk Delta has flown over and it's dropped pamphlets that said, hey, I'm coming back in 10 minutes and I won't be dropping pamphlets. And then it does a loop and comes back around and drops its bomblets and kills everybody. So the idea that there might have been zero civilian casualties or zero you know, military casualties at all, it's very possible um, if they got some sort of forewarning as far as you know, personnel-wise to get the fuck out of there. Um, so, you know, we pair those missiles. Um, we pair the missiles to the applicable missions. We wait the time that it takes for the missiles to figure out their shit, uh, process all this information, um, get their calibrations done and whatnot. Then launch time. <clears throat> so what the launch controller does, essentially, an, originally on, on my original Twix system that I worked on, what we called green screen, the oldest generation that I worked on of Tomahawk. When it was launch time, there was actually like a plastic, like a plastic cover and a button, like a red fucking, like a launch button, like, like what I fucking thought. So when I first did this shit and they were like, yeah, you're going to be launch control, blah, blah, blah. You look at the thing, you look at the computer and you're like, what, what's that? Oh, it's a launch button. Oh shit. It's really got one of these fucking launch buttons. So you lift the cover and you press and hold down the button until you get the little prompt on the screen that says the bird's away. Now, it's a fucking rollerball and a couple of click button mouse things and you basically move a cursor over a thing that says ready to fire and you click and then you click launch. The two clicks have to happen within five seconds. It's like a safeguard or some shit. And then you watch the bird leave. Um, it's not a fucking hard job. I mean, we shot rockets, but it was not rocket science. Um, the only time my job became an issue was when there were problems. Um, that's what I got my medal for, was my ability to continue to do my job and my ability to deliver birds on tasking the way they were supposed to, regardless of what kind of technical failures my ship had. So what happens? You hit this button or you double-click the motherfucking mouse you got your ship and your ship's cruising along and then it's a weird detached thing because we know where they're going but we're not telling it to go there the launch controllers aren't the ones telling it to go there there are people big brains and intelligence rooms at the pentagon that make those fucking decisions why i wanted to talk about this and why i believe it's important that people understand that yes you can get mad at the u.s foreign policy and yes, you can get mad at our president, Mr. Trump, but it is very dangerous to get mad at the people out there on the field really pulling the triggers on these missions because they're guys like me. They're guys like you. They're guys that hadn't felt they had no other options besides to become instruments of U.S. foreign policy. Since this video, Russia apparently got its hands on one, reverse engineering it to help upgrade its own cruise missile program. The result is the Caliber M, a cruise missile with a reported 3,000 mile range and a whole lot of similar features 
to that of the tomahawk. I tried not to bore you or make you feel bad with this piece, but to me shooting tea lambs was nothing more than a job, a paycheck. The detachment was real, and the consequences of our actions largely went unseen by us, the trigger men. I hope this can show you guys that the dozen or so people who carried out those missions against Syria in 2017 are just regular guys. People that do not deserve, warrant, or desire your hatred. I want to fucking send a big old fucking flame emoji salute to all my elite shipmates out there at the tip of the fucking spear. Subsequently, this video was also my first experience with YouTube's advertising block on any military-related content. I felt that was super fucking strange, and uh, I still think that it's super fucking strange. Next new show. Monday, right here in the audio format, world-famous internet meme, Scumbag Steve. The once most uploaded motherfucker in human history was here. Like here, in the headquarters. It was my pleasure to finally have a lengthy conversation about his experience with my longtime homie, Blake Boston. And I really can't wait to share it with you. As always, I implore you, please don't neglect any portion of the Beast Host Media Empire. There is different content going out in every category. Don't sleep. Until the next time, heads, I'm putting the beard back in its bag. The beard has spoken again. Heads, there's nothing more stressful than trying to get your entrepreneurial ship on in this world today. Whether you're a small business owner, an artist, a do-it-yourself entertainer, or anyone else with the need to spread your message, you know this. With all the current restrictions and metrics dictating what people see on the social media-driven internet, the tried-and-true traditions of physical media production and promotion have become as important as ever. But who's got the time? Who's got the time to stand at the damn print shop all day? I'll tell you who. Ruthless Aggression Promotions. At RAPromos.net, you can achieve all of your print promotional dreams using their easy-to-use online interface. Business cards, stickers, flyers, posters, even CD inserts and custom event tickets to complete your arsenal of promotional print needs. Regardless if it's a large-scale promotional operation or a small-scale product rollout, PJ and the RA Promo staff can use their 15 years of nationally touring entertainment experience to help you achieve your desired results. Look, if you really want to win here in the fucking simulation, you can't be passive. You gotta be aggressive. Ruthlessly aggressive. Hit up Ruthless Aggression Promotions now at www.rapromos.net and get your message directly into people's hands and wallets. rapromos.net